Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special New Year's message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Some of the smartest, most knowledgeable people ain't got a lick of wisdom. Somebody say amen. You don't. Wisdom is more important than knowledge because you can have knowledge and not know how to apply it. Am I right about it? You know, my mom used to say, those people are educated fools. You got knowledge, but you don't know how to apply it. God could give you a million dollars, but if you don't have the wisdom to know how to properly use it, you might as well not have it. True wisdom comes from God, and if you ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you. James chapter 1, verse 5. If anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally to all and without reproach, and it will be given to him. That means if you say, Lord, I need wisdom, listen, for whatever your circumstance is today, If you say, God, I need wisdom, not knowledge, because I got all the facts. I'm talking to somebody. I got all the facts, but I need wisdom, Lord. God will give you wisdom. The Bible clearly says, if any of you, you who, you, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God is going to give it to you liberally. That means he's going to pour it out on you. He's going to give it to you graciously and generously, Without reproach, he's not going to hold it back. He's going to give it to you if you ask. If you need wisdom, you go to God and he'll give you wisdom. And not only will he give it, but he'll give it liberally. Solomon Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom and it pleased God to give it. Point number three, and finally, a new season exposes champions. Solomon, listen, had just completed building the temple of the Lord. I want you to go with me to chapter 8 now. Just five chapters to the right. Come on. Chapter 8, 1 Kings chapter 8. New seasons exposes champions. I hope y'all getting something out of this. New seasons exposes champions. Look at 1 Kings chapter 8 and scroll down with me to verse 10. Look at 1 Kings chapter 8 and look at verse 10. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest in verse 11 could not continue to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And then Solomon spoke. The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. Listen, the priest, the Bible says, couldn't continue to minister because of the presence of the Lord. So Solomon has completed the building. Remember, David is the one who gathered all the stuff to build the tabernacle or the the, the temple. Remember, 
David gathered it all. David got all the money together. David got all the beams together. David got everything together. But David couldn't build God a house because David was a man of blood, a man of war. But Solomon now comes along and he finishes what his father had to do. Remember, something has to die in order for something to be able to move into a new season. David died. Solomon builds the temple. And the Bible says that after the temple was completed, man, I need a DVD. After the temple was completed, the glory of the Lord showed up. And it was so powerful. His presence was so powerful that they couldn't even continue to minister the priest. That would be like we gather in this place right now and God's presence becomes so heavy that I can't even continue to speak. Or God's presence is so heavy that Pastor Matt can't continue to play his guitar. The worship singers can't continue to, to, to sing worship. Junior can't continue to bang on those drums. Because God's presence is so heavy. I love having a DVD of that. Verse 12 and 13 tell us, And Solomon spoke, the Lord said he would dwell in, in the dark cloud. I have built you, God, a place to dwell in forever. Listen, Solomon accepted this new season and the changes that came with it. And he faced those challenges with humility and seeking God's wisdom. And because of that, Solomon becomes a champion for the kingdom. God does can do great things with someone who is willing to submit their heart to him, God can get great things done for the kingdom. And God wants to do great things with Calvary Chapel. And God wants to do great things with you in our community. But the key to being used of God, listen, is not ability. It's anybody know? Availability. The key to being used by God is not ability. It's not, you know, I, I don't have the ability. I've never been to seminary. I've never been to Bible college. I've never been to college. I graduated 12th grade and just graduated 12th grade. Like, whew, that was close. <laughs> My mother said, I'm proud of you. You got through. <laughs> now, you know, when your mom say, I'm proud of you, you got through. You didn't do so great. I didn't go to that. Prepare. You can't prepare for the ministry. This, what, what is happening from this pulpit right here and the pulpits across America is not something that you can prepare for. You could go to seminary until you turn blue in the face. You can, I, I know people actually that have several degrees in various masters of divinity and masters in theology and masters in sociology and all of these things to prepare for the ministry. And they feel that they have to go to school to prepare for the ministry. I can tell you, I know firsthand you can do all of those things and still not be able to do what God has called someone to do from this pulpit. This is not something you can prepare for. It's not. It's not. It's just not. This is a calling. People ask me all the time, what school did you go to? What school did you go to? I tell them, oh, I went to UHS. Hey, UHS? Oh, I've never heard of UHS. What? Must be a prestigious school. I go, oh, it is. <laughs> oh, it must be really prestigious. So prestigious, it's like private, and I've never even heard of it. Oh, no, you really haven't. It's really prestigious. What's the name of it? University of the Holy Spirit. 
Oh, I see. Because <laughs> you can't prepare for this. God has got to call you to this. God has got to, it's not about ability, it's about availability. The key to being used of God is submitting to the will of God and recognizing your season and grabbing hold of that moment. And when God opens the door, move out and trust the Lord. The reason many people are not used of God is because they won't simply trust God to do great things through them. One of the first verses I memorized as a new believer is, is probably the first verse I memorized as a new believer. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all, not some, all, not many, all your ways, and he shall direct your path. As we enter into this new year, there's plenty of work to be done for the kingdom, saints. Somebody say amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, 38. Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are what? Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. The harvest refers to the need of the gospel. Those in need of the gospel. Jesus is saying there's a lot of folk that have yet to hear the gospel. In other words, there's no shortage in the harvest. The shortage is in the laborers. Like, and, and, and in 2016, like the last 20 years, God is looking for people who want to see his kingdom grow. There's no time to waste. I think of the faithful church, the church of Philadelphia, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things, says he who is holy and true. He who has the key of David and who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. I see I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. The church of Philadelphia was a solid church, and what made them a solid church was that they were committed to the word of God and the authority of God. Did you hear that? They were committed to the word of God and the authority of God. Also, what made them a great church was that God set before them a divine door. Now, there are differing opinions as to what this divine door is or what this open door is. I believe this open door is a reference to open door of ministry. And God gives three reasons for this open door. Number one, because you have a little strength. In the Greek language, little is micros. We have the word microscopic or microscope or microbe. It means small in quantity, small in number, small in dignity. We think Jesus is looking for the strongest, don't we? We think he's looking for the fastest, for the buffest. Is that a word? The, the biggest, buffest guy, strongest guy. God's not looking for the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. As a matter of fact, on the contrary, he's looking for the weakest and the smallest. The Philadelphian Christians were weak enough to be strong in the Lord. And it's possible to be too strong or too big or too sure of yourselves to be used by God. The church of Philadelphia had little strength, and that's what made them useful to God, number one. Number two, the Lord gave them an open door because they kept his word. In an ever-changing world, two things. Listen, if you've been asleep, wake up right here. In an ever-changing world, two things will never change. Jesus and his word. Am I right about that? Nine words, nine of the most powerful, beautiful, faithful words in the Bible, I think, 
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This was God's word yesterday. This will be God. Look, look at me. Look at me. This was God's word yesterday. This is God's word today. This will be God's word tomorrow. This will be God's word 5,000 years from now. This is the word of God. This does not change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's God's word. Kingdoms rise and fall. Ideas come and go. The word of God and Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday and today, remains forever. The church of Philadelphia kept his word. And then finally, the, the, the reason for the open door in verse 8 of, of uh, Revelation is that they haven't denied his name. The church of Philadelphia, let me have that verse back again, please. Thank you. The church of Philadelphia have respect for the word of God. The church in Philly honor God's word. The church in Philly loved this book. Listen to me. The church in Philly honored this book. The church in Philly looked at this book as a holy book. We don't see the Bible the same anymore, do we? I don't think we do. I don't think people do. I don't don't think people understand that this is the word of God. Y'all hear that? The word of God, not your word. It's not your book. It's God's book and God's word. And because it's God's book and God's word, we should reverence this book. Listen, what I'm talking about right now, you're not going to hear it very often because that's not where our culture is anymore. It's to some people, it's an antiquated old book that some of the stuff we live by and some of the stuff, well, it's just too old. No, every single word is relevant and pertinent for our lives today. Every single word. This is God's book. It's a holy book. It's an inspired book. It's an authoritative book. And even when it wasn't socially or politically, economically, it was unpopular. They refused to, the church of Philly refused to quit living and speaking about this book and about Jesus Christ. In the coming year, as we enter this new season, let's set our hearts to change some things. Like what, Pastor? Well, how about this? Let's set our hearts to change our priorities. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Memory verse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What are you seeking God for? What is it that you really would like God to do for you that you need done? Listen, I challenge you. Seek God first. Put that aside And seek God first. Y'all listening? Seek God first. Study the word. Come to church. Worship God. Focus on the things of God. And then let God take care of all these things. And let us change our priorities as we move into a new season. And I think also we could not allow ourselves... Allow ourselves to have a holy dissatisfaction for where we are in Christ. 
I'm going to say that again. May we have a holy dissatisfaction for where we are in Christ. Philippians 3, 14, 13 and 14. Brother, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying there in Philippians, I'm not satisfied with my spiritual growth. Let's all be that way. We're not satisfied with our spiritual growth. I don't care how strong you are in the Lord. You could be stronger. I don't care how much you know about the word. You can know more. You cannot exhaust this book. Like, oh, yeah, I've met people. Hey, have you read the Bible? Oh, yeah, I read it. I read the Bible. Yeah, I got through it. Yeah, read it, read it. Done that, been there, done that, read the Bible. Really? Well, I've been reading it for 20 years, and I can tell you what. Every time I go back and read it, I find something else different. Why? Because it's a living word of God. It's a living word. It just keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving. Somebody once said, this book is deep enough for a theologian to drown in and shallow enough for a baby to swim in. That's the Bible. You can't get enough out of it. So we need a holy dissatisfaction for where we are in Christ. So I'm walking with the Lord and I feel strong. Okay, well then we should find or try to be stronger. Whether it's what I know, I need to know more. Whether it's what I do, I need to do more. Whether it's what I be, I need to be more. Also, talking about a new season and changing some things, I think we could do a better job at serving God. I think we could all do a better job at serving God. No time for apathy, saints. No time for lethargy, Calvary Chapel. Our focus is on furthering the kingdom and teaching his word. And then here's one for you for 2016. Micah 6.8. Write it down. Micah 6.8. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. You want to know what to do? How, what I, some, well, I don't know what to do as a Christian. I just don't know what to do. I know I'll tell you what to do. Micah 6.8 tells you exactly what to do. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before your God. If you do those three things, you'll be pleasing God. This is what we can focus on as we move into a new year. Not some of these other fleshly things that the world, you know, everybody has a New Year's resolutions. You know, everybody gets a New Year's resolution. I was reading this one thing the other day and It was talking about the five most popular resolutions by Americans this time of year. Number five, take up a hobby. Number four, make more money. I would have thought that would be number one among Americans, but it was number four. Uh, Number three, work on relationships. Number two, stop smoking. And the number one New Year's resolution, anybody can guess it? Do y'all need to? (laughs) Y'all all all New York, y'all like lose some weight. Lose weight. Nothing bad. No, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But let's be sure that we're not focusing on those fleshly things and neglecting the spiritual things that God would have us to do. To do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly before our God. In the coming year, allow the Lord to do whatever changes he wants to do. That's my heart. God wants to change some things in this ministry. 
God wants to do some different things in this ministry. God wants to do some different, some things different among the leadership in this ministry. No, I'm not going anywhere, y'all. Y'all, y'all like, <gasps> no, I'm not going anywhere. But God wants to do some things differently. A brother was telling me the other day, he said, I'm going to let y'all go get your chicken sandwich. A brother was telling me the other day, he said, um, he said, you know, Rodney, he said, the church is going to be around a lot longer than you. I don't know why the, the bulb just came on. He said the church will be around a lot longer than you. I thought, he is right. It will be around a lot longer than me. And therefore, I need to do some things different to prepare the church so that when I'm not around, because one day I'm going to go to be with Jesus. I can't wait. I ain't trying to hasten the process, but I can't wait. I told you all how I want to go, didn't I? I told you all how I want to go. I told you I want to die right here in the pulpit. I mean, literally, like mid-sentence. Like, in, in the coming year, I want Jesus to. And somebody go, ooh, is he? He must be tired. He been, I've been checking Facebook. He's been traveling. He's tired. Somebody come up here and tap me like this here. Pastor? And I don't, I don't wake up. They go, they take the mic out of my hand. He dead. I told y'all, don't, and I know how y'all spiritual people are, okay? Y'all want to gather around and pray me back, all right? Lord, send him back. Lord, I believe it, Lord. It ain't time for him to leave here, Lord. Bring him back. Do not pray for me to come back. And if God hears your prayer and I come back, I'm going to punch you in the head. Because I don't want to be here. I want to be there. I ain't trying to haste the process. Where my people at? Are you, are, you, are you with me? I ain't trying to haste the process. When it's time to go, I just want to go. It'd be nice if I went right here. Because I'd just be right mid-sentence, just go down like this here, and then I would go up like this here and go, Oh, Jesus. Hey there. What do you think of my sermon? It's great, great. Yeah, I thought it was going well, too. Right about that point, I thought, I really like that one point. I mean, what you think of that? Yeah, perfect timing. It's like, perfect. What was I saying? <laughs> God. New things, new seasons, things we need to do differently and things I need to do differently as well. And may the Lord help us to see the open doors. And may God, you know... Um, let us tell us what we ought to do and seek the wisdom of God and cause us to be responsible concerning the temple of God. You know, it's so sad to me that church is just becoming so ungodly. That's a terrible thing to say. And so true. We don't reverence the sanctuary of God anymore. You know, we don't we don't honor the presence of God anymore. Now church is whatever. I went to I was off work. I was off work being church for a back surgery some while ago. And I had one more week to spare before I came back to the pulpit. And I went to a church and uh, I thought I had walked into a nightclub. I'm not kidding you. It was just like that. Like I walked into a nightclub Clothes, whatever, whatever, you know, heels, higher than ever, 
fitted however, music whatever, what's coming from the pulpit whatever. It wasn't the word of God, I know that. This is unfortunate. This is the temple of the living God. This place is holy because God is holy and because we, his holy people, are in it. And we should reverence the temple of God. And may we continue to do that as we continue in 2016. Um, you know, my last message for 2015. If I've never preached another message, I would want to tell you to, to reverence God. To love God. Serve God. Give God your all. Don't give him a portion. Give him everything. Because when you're laying on that deathbed, should you be on a deathbed, you would regret it. You would regret not spending enough time with your family, and you would regret not giving and serving the Lord like you could have. And great is your reward in heaven. We all want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord, right? That's what we all want to hear. And may we make it our lives, our lives aim and focus and purpose to hear just that. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Whenever God comes or whenever he takes you, whichever one comes first, that's what we want to hear. Serve God. Love God. Give your all to God. Don't hold back from God. Give everything to God. When you give everything to God and you give all yourself to God, he'll do great and awesome things. I'm a witness. I'm telling you. I am a witness. Street kid from Philly, grew up on drugs, single parent, everything I am, all statistics say I'm not supposed to be. But I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. And there's nothing impossible with God. Am I right about it? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.